We are still recording. This is Tony Hannity's. And I'm Quentin McKinnon. Hey, Quinn. How you been this week, man? Uh, getting off some nasty meds and trying to feel better. Well, I I sincerely do hope that you feel better, man. Um, I don't know if the meds are anything connected to your foot. Oh, very much so. Dude. Very much so. CES oh, okay. is still, still paying for CES. So that was just under a year ago. We're, we're talking about 11 months ago. Yeah. And it, clearly it was all all my fault because <laughs> I made you I made you walk everywhere with me. So let's go over here to this to this pavilion. Like I don't speak Korean. That's fine. Neither do I. Let's go. <laughs> like, oh god. No, I wanted to run everywhere during uh during CES, but it just I was the idiot who brought vans and walked 45 miles in vans. That was the stupidest thing I've done in a very, very, very long time. Got my vans on, but they look like sneakers. Got my vans on, but they look like sneakers. Got that's a sorry. That's what? a song. Is that that's a song? Do you not know that no. that that's that's a song, and it made like the top twenty for like a week and a half. It's almost as bad as that SoundCloud well one hit wonder Gucci Gang. What? Do you know that song? No, don't know anything. Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Okay, oh. these are these are these are terrible millennial songs that are getting notoriety for I have no idea what reason, except for that the fact that the hook, the beat, is actually quite um, compelling and very catchy. I thought you were older than me. I am older than you, but in order for me to keep up with the times of what the what the future of our country have interest in, I try to dip my toe in the shared consciousness of what my son, who's 13, has shown some interest in. Just so I make sure when he says things like, that's lit, man, or man, that was fire, I know what he's referring to. And not something that is actually on fire. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't have to keep up with that stuff yet, so I'm good for now. You know, I I, I think you kind of do, um, whether you believe this or not, because in your daily job, you will talk to people, whether they work for you or work with us or, you know, members and clients that we talk to. That will colloquially say these things and you either have to smile and nod and just say, yeah, sure, I I agree with you. Or, you know, if you want to join in on the fun and and uh, and sarcastically make fun of uh, the the things they're interested in. Yeah, man, it's fire. (laughs) Oh, man, you're killing me. That that's terrible. (laughs) No, I I. I always fall behind on the whole social media and what's popular now. Like I know one thing that's been popular fairly recently was stranger things. And I keep seeing like shirts and pop figures and all sorts of stuff for it. And I just, I can't keep up with it. So you are currently admitting that you have not seen stranger things. Correct. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. (laughs) This is Tony. (laughs) 
No, I mean, I, I think you and I have had this conversation before when it, when it comes to, like, pop culture. Like, like for me, it's Game of Thrones. I have not watched a full episode of Game of Thrones. Same. Um, the one episode that I, I downloaded, um, actually, when they were speaking Dothrakian, I didn't have the subtitles. So I'm like, I have no idea what he's talking about. So I just didn't finish it at all. I'm like, never mind. Yeah, this is awful. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. This isn't English. <laughs> This is not how they speak. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, social media definitely has like, you know, it, it has an interesting impact on our lives because there are individuals such as yourself and myself when it comes to certain pop culture events or or things that the the vast majority of people all seem to agree on is relevant or cool. And we either jump in. And, you know, we, we, you know, test out the water and sometimes we're like, hey, this is actually a, a pretty good, whether it be a show or a, a music artist, or we take the exact opposite approach and just we see it, but we don't approach it or we don't take any action with it. Yeah, I know as of the last few years, I've turned more into what would be known as a lurker online. I don't do a lot of commenting or posting or anything. I mean... I don't think I posted much even about our wedding when that happened. <laughs> well, I wasn't invited, so there's that. Well, you can grab yourself a time machine and figure out how to know me before last year and then get yourself invited. That's true. I didn't know you at the time. Yeah, so clearly that is your fault. Yeah, no, I... um. I'm a lurker when it comes to like Twitter and I thought for a Reddit. second you were going to say Facebook. I'm like liar. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No, like as much as I might show disdain for Facebook and Instagram for some of, them, some of their algorithmic methods. And especially now that they've changed their algorithm uh, just recently, I use it because it's the it is the easiest way for me to keep in contact and you know be a little narcissistic when it comes to my exploits with you know work or my family or um trying to promote my other side businesses and and whatnot i mean that's i don't i don't i don't necessarily see there's anything wrong with that um obviously things like facebook it's so easy to to have like fake news stories. I mean, and, and there, there's that whole thing where Facebook has a, I guess not a consortium, but their own kind of third party fact checkers that will say, okay, uh, a bunch of people are sharing this article and apparently the facts are not real. So we'll put a little tag on the article. So anytime someone shares it, they know that they're sharing something that is, um, that is literally fake news, but, uh, that's a thing. No, the re- you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's actually something I, what I want to bring up. It is definitely very interesting of the people that you and I surround ourselves with, because, you know, when it comes to social media, there are two ways that you can approach social media. There's what I consider to be the open way, the public way. And that's what I approach Twitter with. I will follow almost anybody. I'm not going to say anybody. I will follow almost anybody that, you know, I feel has some sort of, you know, 
good thing to say to put out there. I'll follow people that follow me because it's it's just kind of that that thing, kind of like the whole MySpace thing, where you know you add me, I'll add you, um, and it's just like you you just almost to a certain degree you just open the floodgates mm. and you just have a bunch of followers and you follow other people. Facebook for me is more of my personal circle. I only have maybe 200 some people that I've added to Facebook, including friends and family. Whereas on Twitter, I've close to, you know, a couple of thousand. And I know they're not, I could never call all of them friends, not even really online friends for that matter. But having things like this fake news fact checking on, on Facebook, I don't see it a lot with my friends. And I, apparently you don't see it at all that much or at all either. No, there's only one person that I might see it from. Uh, there is a elderly family member that she's the one that I tried to explain what a clickbait article would be. And when I said the example would be eight reasons why you should get rid of your dishwasher, her immediate response was, what are they? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, in my, uh, won't say who, but I have an immediate family member who is also like that. And then every once in a while, she'll say, Tony, can you come over to my my computer? There's something wrong with it. And lo and behold, there's some sort of like malware virus that's attempting to get into her system because she went down the clickbait rabbit hole of clicking on all the quote unquote interesting things of things you didn't know that you could find in your kitchen that are meant to kill you or something like that, you know, <laughs> yeah. like. It's 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 a sad thing, but what the the main the main thing I want to bring about with with social media is like I mentioned, I'm very narcissistic when it comes to the personal postings. Um and you know when you when you do the personal posts, there definitely is a a filter. I don't mean an Instagram or Snapchat filter. I mean like a filter where you are just showing the best of the best. It's very rare that you're going to show the lowest part of your day to your friends. And, and that's one because you don't want to seem like you're looking for a pity party. But two, it's a you know it's a high possibility that to your friends you have a really good life. I mean, if I were to look on your life from the outside in, Quentin, you have a great job, you have a wonderful wife, you know, you uh, you 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 got a physical. You know, in terms of all of your 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 needs uh, in electronics and stuff like that, they're all pretty much catered to. I mean, you have a great life, but you wouldn't want to post, man. I had a bad day because of this, and I just feel like social media is making us all more fake. Yeah, I could see that. Um... That's the hardest thing I have. Like when my wife's family tries to encourage, like, let's, you know, Snapchat our day to each other or something. And I go on and I Snapchat and I'm just looking at it, looking at my day. Like I have nothing to show you. There's no, nothing of interest here. I am, you know, running around to stores and meeting with people and driving mostly. Like there, there's nothing exciting here i can show you the road but then again you're going to see the road the day after that and the day after that and the day after that 
Yeah, and that's one of the that's one of the problems I had at least, and that it's kind of what it, why I still have problems with it when it comes to like daily vlogging for me. Um, I at first wanted to vlog so I could kind of not necessarily show off my day, but have like good memories of me and the kids and everything. But the unfortunate thing is, yeah, we do work more than we see our own family. And by the time that I come home, sometimes my family's just doing their homework or they're getting ready for bed. So that's not really an interesting vlog, right? And then I'm, then I'll turn on YouTube and I'll go watch these other vloggers and they're off skateboarding. They're off taking trips out, out to the Hoover Dam or they're doing these amazing, like Casey Neistat this, did this amazing thing at the uh, at a random mall in, um, I think it was like Minnesota or something like that. And I'm like, well, hell, I can't do that. <laughs> Quick question. Didn't you know? Casey Neistat like shut down his channel? No, he did not. He took a break. He took a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, I believe it was pretty much like over the summer. And now he's in what he considers to be like season three of his vlog. That makes a little more sense. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, as as much as nice that doesn't necessarily need to work because he still has his other company that now is owned by CNN. Damn. He's like me. He's like, he's like me. He's a workaholic. Like, he can't stop working. And whether it be in front of the camera or behind the camera... He's he's gonna work, but then he's just so predestined to 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 document it. You know, he's like, I want to remember this, whether it is showing my family that this is what I did, or show show the rest of the world that this is what we're doing, and that's what kind of inspired me. And then I realized that I was picking and choosing the things that I wanted to show, and so one one vlog that I did do was I showed everything of the day, except for the times that I was eating or going to the bathroom. I showed every little bit of my day. I was in the morning. I was uh, finishing up on conference calls. Uh, In the afternoon, I picked up my son. I had an argument with my son on camera. I had an argument on camera with my daughter. You know, I was showing like the, the bad parts of life to kind of prove that, you know, we're, you know, my other vlogs are all happy and everything, but we all have a dark side, not necessarily dark, like in like demon dark. I mean, I, I have that, <laughs> but more like we all have bad days. And I think the problem is with social media, not necessarily just vlogging, but just social media in general. It's like, yay, look at me on a beach or look at us at Disneyland. Like, yeah, but tell me about the time last night that your son wouldn't go to bed because they just wouldn't go to bed and how much you were screaming at them to get to bed. Or tell me while you're in line at Disneyland how much, you know, your 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 uh, your kid or even you, you just got really tired or dehydrated. You're not going to talk about that. You know, because what gets likes, like, you know, what gets likes is, is generally really, you know, generally like, like positive stuff. If the, the, um, the big negative stuff that gets a lot of looks is going to be crashes, deaths and destruction. And unless that's happening at Disneyland, if you just say, oh, I stubbed my toe at Disneyland, I can't walk around anymore. No, n- nothing against you, Quentin. I'm just using this as, as an example. <laughs> Um, no one's going to care. Like, oh, suck it up. 
so but but you know you talk about oh my god i just went on the new guardians of the galaxy ride and it was amazing and here's a picture of us like yeah that's gonna get likes but it's not that's not the whole story and i and i have a fear that that's how we're gonna kind of go forward just documenting our life and like we're we're always worrying about what somebody else is thinking like my son does that my son like overreact sometimes like he's like he's in a youtube video like first of all we're not gaming right now second of all no one's got a camera on you so stop overreacting you're not doing a reaction video (laughs) and like i i i feel like a lot of kids feel you know see this they see it on instagram they see it on you know like well when vine was a thing they saw it on vine and they feel okay that's what i have to do to get people to like me like no you don't. Yeah, that's that's one thing that needs to be thought about is like the effect that these overly uh, excited people have a, have on kids. It's just it's not good for them. Like <laughs> plain and simple, it's just not. It's weird, honestly. There was a vlogger. I I still follow him. His name's John Hill. Um, he just moved to New York. He's a skateboard vlogger. And when I first started watching him. He was this upbeat, peppy, like bright-eyed. Uh, he just looked overly, like exaggerated. Um, it's like, hey guys, how's it going? Like, yeah, awesome, sweet. You know, dab. You know, oh. it was like, oh my god, dude, are you serious? But what I did like was like when he would like show him like skateboarding. He would show when he made mistakes. He would show when he swore. He would show when he threw the skateboard across the skate park. Like he showed a little bit of the real side, which I was like, okay, I can at least admire that, that he's not, he's, he's admitting he's not the best skateboarder. He, he's admitting that he has faults and and then the more and more that I watched him, I realized that his upbeat attitude is isn't necessarily a front, but it's uh, a front for YouTube. But it's more of a just kind. Of, it was more of a, a personal front that he put on, you know, at at a young age, so like he wouldn't, you know, get hurt over things. He was just trying to look at the positive side of things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, that's. I I feel like that's part of like basic human nature of just trying to kind of push away the bad uh try to discourage it because it's just like it's like a instinct thing it's no longer we're not talking about like social pressures or anything it's it i'd be curious if there was any sort of study that would show that it's less of a decision and more of just a like almost primal instinct of to push away people who are sad yeah it's weird because like i mentioned before even though we we don't want to show sadness and negativity when we're looking at things we're entranced by death we're entranced by negativity we're entranced by fights like bum fights remember that that was a thing any anytime world star goes up and they they have a trending video of people randomly fighting in a parking lot that goes up 
And anytime my friends share that, I'm like, what do you, what do you get out of sharing this? Like, do you find this fight to be hilarious or is it helping the world at all? Like, I, I, I understand the mob mentality when there's a fight, they're probably not going to stop the fight because no one wants to stop the fight, but it doesn't help when you just reshare the video just by clicking that one button. And without any kind of reasoning behind it. Well, I'll give you one challenge, Tony. Oh, God. (laughs) Is this a Facebook challenge? Facebook challenge. You got to post something on Facebook on Christmas. That's neither happy nor sad. It's just. Mundane, mundane, something mundane, like stuck in traffic. Well, we're traveling about 10 minutes that way, so we're not going to be stuck in traffic. But I get what you mean. I I get what you're what you're referring to. And honestly, that's not going to be too hard. (laughs) Last last thing I want to say about the whole social media thing. And I and Quentin, you'll know what I'm referring to, but. Please, guys, please, please, two things. If if some major company is offering you $50 just to reshare something or fill out a survey and the website URL is something like starbucks-free.com, it is not Starbucks. Not even close. Okay? <laughs> not even close. I don't care if it says microsoftfreexbox.com slash yes, it's really free. It's not. It is not really free. Nope, they just want your money. They, it's not even money. They want your info. They want your data. When you do those surveys to figure out what kind of Star Wars character you are or which planet you would be, which is weird, but I've seen that, they're just grabbing your info and randomly generating an image and a name for you that probably has nothing to do with the stuff that you filled out. But for the sheer fact that you filled out, which seemed to you to be very mundane questions, that's getting into your psyche and they will be able to send better targeted ads back to you. So please don't tell me when it's weird that Facebook or Google ads supposedly are are listening to the things that you're saying when it comes up with stuff that you're interested in. But just moments ago, you filled out an ad talking about how much you like different kinds of music or how, where you would like to vacation because they definitely hook all that stuff in. And the more you do it, the better the ads are going to be. You know, one of the ones that happened recently that was uh, around this was it was asking name the first band you ever saw plus nine others and have your friends figure out what band you saw first. But the thing is, is like the whole purpose of it wasn't to just, you know, have fun and, you know, talk about bands that you love. It was to figure out your password. Cause one of the password recovery questions, one of the most common ones is name the first band that you ever saw in concert and it was a cheap way of using social media to get that answer 
And as far as I know, a few people lost their accounts because of it. Yeah, I mean, that that adds a whole nother thing where if your Facebook account is public and anybody that just goes to facebook.com slash Joe Schmo and all of your stuff is there and you answered this question, you just you just fell into the trap. Now, Quentin, I would argue that if you understood Facebook privacy and you were able to be very meticulous in knowing who you're sharing to then you you could argue, you could argue the you could have the argument and say well i'm only sharing to you know 50 people this question but the problem is when you're in a chain like that the 50 people that you've tagged or the 50 people that have made a comment on your post, there is a potentiality that because they made a like or because they were tagged or because they made a comment, your answer will be part of that thread that will be visible on their wall. And if their wall is public, then your whole argument that, oh, I'm, I'm behind a wall, I, I'm safe, you're really not. At the end of it all, obviously, do your social media however you want to do your social media. Just be very, very aware. The things that you are sharing ha- can have a huge impact on the other people that you are surrounding. And the things that you want to repost because it sounds cute or it sounds funny could actually have a negative and detrimental impact to your own, not just your own, like your own self-worth, but also to your actual accounts as well too. So one last question for you on social media. Do you ever go back like in your post history to way back and delete stuff? No. Really? Should I? I mean, I've made it a habit of going back at least like three years and just seeing if there's anything stupid. I mean, mind you, I don't mind, you know, me posting something, you know, random, I guess you'd call it, or I hate saying that word even, um, but, uh, or dumb, but like sometimes you'll go back and you just find something that you're like, oh, Oh, past, past Quentin. What, what were you thinking here? Oh, let's let's get rid of that, huh? At least for me, my my opinion on that is I'm gonna keep it because it it does show how much I've matured. It it and it could be something like, oh wow, what the heck was I thinking even six months ago? But that's already been looked at. People have liked it. Uh, I, I have said it. It came from my own brain out of my fingertips onto the digital screen. That's from me. And it, whatever was going on in my life, that's how I felt about whatever the situation was. And I feel like by erasing the past is, is and I, I hate to make it sound like this, but it's like whitewashing it. It's It's like, for me, it's... It's like trying to mask it in such a way, very similar to what I was saying before with only putting up posts that are positive. I was like, yeah, 
All of my posts are positive. I don't have a weird post. I've never put a drunken post up on Facebook. Guess, you know, best believe there's at least five drunk posts at two in the morning that I put on Facebook that I remember posting. And then I've looked back at it even a day later. Like, you know what? I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not saying anything extremely stupid. Maybe this was a little weird. I'm just going to leave it. It's not a fireable thing. I'm not saying anything racist. So I'm just going to keep it like that so I can learn from my mistakes. And so that's why I, I don't feel the need to uh, to delete that. And I, I don't delete anything on Twitter either. I would say the only time I would delete something is if for whatever reason, and this is not the case, but let's just say I had a social media account that spanned over the course of me and my wife, but then also the girl before her, which again does does not does not uh, factor into this because I've been with my wife for you know, close to eleven years now. But uh, if that were the case, then yeah, I might go back and maybe delete old photos of of my ex. But that's more because I don't want her feeling like I'm keeping the old you know flame around. But I would never delete something that I said because I meant it. See, one of the YouTubers I watched a while back, a few years ago actually, talked about this thing. He called it like decade death. And what it was is the concept of the person that you were 10 years ago is not the person you are now by any means. You are a completely different person. And as time goes on further and further that gap gets bigger and bigger. So when you look back at 10 years ago, you don't recognize that person. You look at the posts or look at the uh, pictures or whatever. And it's, it, it's not who you are now. And back when we were kids, you know, social media wasn't around. We didn't have to worry about that. If we did something stupid, there was no recording of it. It, it was gone a, a few days later and it was, it was over and you had to do something major, like major to get it to stick around. Whereas now everything's recorded. And especially for like people growing up, you know, thinking back in my childhood, I'm very happy that I didn't grow up with social media around because I would not want most of that to be able to stick around and you could say, Oh, well you were just a kid. But the thing is, is some people don't care about that. And those, some people are important. And so it's nice to have that ability of wiping out, not all of the past and not just, you know, keeping around the, the good things or something, but at least the embarrassing things, the things that like, a reasonable person would look back and say, okay, maybe we should look at getting rid of this because this is embarrassing or degrading or, you know, not who I am now. So self-driving cars. Hooray. For them or against them? <laughs> I think I already answered the question. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> no, I'm, I am all in on the whole self-driving car thing. I, I'm not good at keeping up with like the latest news on self-driving cars, but I do know the technology is advancing quite rapidly and I just, I can't wait to get my own. I can't wait to get one that I can just 
sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. We have a scale uh, in which self-driving cars are are rated. So it's easy it's easy for one to say, okay, that's a level three self-driving car. That's a level five self-driving car. Uh, essentially, um, level zero is what is pretty much my car and your car. There's no autonomy whatsoever. It's just the human that is steering has full controls of the brakes and everything. Um, and then more and more we're getting into into things where you have automatic reverse or automatic um, parallel parking or it'll sense a ball you know uh, bouncing across the road and it will break and things like that and that's more like level two level uh, uh, level two things and then of course we get into level three which is where I believe Tesla is at where the driver still has to be in the car and they can take over the, uh, uh, over any time. But for the most part, the car is going to drive itself within the lane and within its confines. And the reason why I bring this up is because Tesla just actually made a huge order uh, to UPS because um, UPS is going to uh, buy over 120 of Tesla's new self-driving trucks. Wow. Yeah. So that's a huge deal. Um do you think that because we keep saying in my lifetime, I'm not going to see this. I, I'm i like doubling back on that opinion. I, I feel like in like 10 years, we're going to see this. Not 50. I like yeah, 10 or 15. I, the technology seems to be growing rapidly. The um, I think the biggest problem right now for it is people accepting it and uh not just people, but like cities and towns accepting it. Um, the biggest issue I've seen a lot of people talk about is, okay, well, what if uh, the car's driving along and it doesn't have the ability to swerve out of the way and it's going to crash into someone? And how does it decide whether to kill the driver or the people, uh, you know, walking around? How, how should the car decide? And I'm like, that's a great question. But the thing is, is like you're forgetting the fact of that question would still have to be asked of a person. And we all know what the answer would be is given a split second circumstance. More than likely, most people would choose (laughs) self-preservation. So you're referring to the trolley uh, problem. Yes, the trolley problem. Um, Yeah. So there was... uh, a YouTube video that actually experimented this with uh, with a focus group. So, in, in short, uh, long long story short, they put these people into a fake um, control room at a train station, and they had cameras of the track, and the track split off into two directions, and on one side of the track. On one track, there were like five guys, and then on the other track, there was just one guy. And all the people on the track had their back facing a train barreling down on the tracks. Now, this wasn't happening in real time. It was all staged. But, of course, these people didn't know that. And they had the power to either decide kill five people or or kill one person. And the interesting thing was the majority of them— just froze 
So I, I understand like you feel like when you're you have that innate want to have self-preservation. But saying that from the outside in, I feel like a lot of people that don't know how to deal with that level of stress would freeze. And by freezing, yeah, they might even kill themselves in the process of killing other people. But that's the more that's the moral quandary. Like if we leave that up to the machine, what would the machine do? Will it kill one old person and save five kids? Or will it kill five kids to save your wife? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you. It's more than likely that a person would just completely freeze up. And I, I would include myself in that as well of just if you had no option and you knew someone, you know, your brain said, okay, someone is going to die and you need to pick who – your brain, I don't think, would react fast enough to go, oh, of course, I'm going to pick this option. Whether it be a good one, morally good one, morally bad one, it, I don't think you'd have the ability to just choose that fast enough. It's um, it's a big problem. And honestly, I don't mind leaving that up to a computer rather than myself. Because the thing is, is like, I worry about the system getting too safe because let's say it has to always look out for this. It has to constantly look out for things that it could run into, has to, you know, keep a even more vigilant eye than normal. The question that I would ask then is if you increased that safety so far when does it become an issue where you're starting to get false positives and now all of a sudden you're endangering everyone because a leaf is running across the road and it's like, oh, that's a child's ball. There's more than likely a child behind. Slam on the brakes. Yeah, I mean, I think with machine learning um, and an AI neural network, we'll get less and less false positives because the 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 training bots and the builder bots will would be able to clearly dif- differentiate a leaf between a ball. But but to that point, it the moral issue is at what point do we leave it in the hands of the programmer to say, okay, every time that you come up against the situation of do you go this way or do you go that way? You always go this way. Do we leave it up to the programmer to do that? And is it the programmer's fault? Or is it something that over many, many accidents, unfortunately, that the machines will learn better? And at that point, because people want to blame somebody. Oh, of course. So do they blame, right, so do they blame the machine? Like, how would insurance work? I mean, there's all these things that, yes, I can't wait for self-driving cars because then I would be able to just take a nap. Or I would be able to read a book. Or I'd be able to actually eat my in and out in my car with two hands instead of one hand on the wheel 
one hand on the bottom right of uh, one leg on the bottom right of the steering wheel and the other hand with my burger. Like, like it's, it's a really like stupid, stupid wish to, to get self-driving cars, but it's just one of those things. But, but the reality is there's just so many like, like, like long-term unanswered questions about how this is actually going to affect. I think the one thing that a lot of people forget about uh, when talking about all these accidents, especially these, you know, doubters and naysayers is you can talk about, okay, fine. There's going to be that situation where the car has to decide who's going to die, but there's going to be a lot less of people dying because these automatic cars can talk to each other and they are working with each other to make sure that there are less accidents. If there's less accidents, there's less people dying. If there's less people dying, then this issue is, in my opinion, moot because it doesn't matter anymore. All of a sudden you have, let's say, just 10% of the deaths beforehand with, you know, humans driving. All of a sudden it doesn't, matter that the you know well it does matter that these people are dying of course but it's a it's such a small number like it's unfortunate right. it definitely is unfortunate but it's so small like you should be looking at the positive looking at the fact of we may have lost you know 10 people on the road today but we didn't lose a hundred people on the road we lost 10 right the the one thing that you said where the the car is talking to each other that's another problem that we're going to have to get over because all the teslas are going to talk to each other all the bmws are going to talk to each other all the volkswagens are going to talk to each other but because each one of those cars have their own standard it's right now and it's it's unfair to make this make this observation or or this suggestion because we don't know yet. But right now there's no interoperability. There's there's no like open plan. Like Tesla's not coming out there saying, "Yeah, our cars are going to talk to each other and they're also going to talk to all these other autonomous cars from other makes and models and they're we're all going to be able to use this open source system." So no matter what self-driving car that you're driving, whether it's $100,000 worth or $50,000 worth or, or even less, they're still going to talk to each other. We don't. There's no plan for that right now. That might happen later on. I think right? it's one of those things that just but absolutely right now, has to happen. Looking at what has to happen to get this to work properly, I mean, it's going to have to be some sort of standard that comes out like – how USB became a standard instead of all these different types of connectors. It, it, it's going to have to have some sort of protocol to talk to each other. And that brings up another question of hackers and people getting into your car and forcing your car to do unintended things is there's going to have to be some crazy amount of safety where all the cars need to be able to talk to each other. And yet none of the humans need to be able to interact with it. Yeah. I mean, the amount of security, there cannot be a man in the middle attack there. It's got to be end to end decrypted. I mean, there's just so many things that I know the smarter people over at Tesla or over at, you know, um, 
uh, Waymo or at Uber. I know they're thinking about all this stuff and they just can't divulge it to the to the public just yet because it's still a product in the making. But I just wish somebody in that community would come out and say, don't worry, guys, we haven't figured it out, but we are definitely working on this. And we're also working with this other company to make sure that our two completely different car systems can still communicate with each other. Um, so, yeah, I guess all we got to do is wait 15 years from now because it's not that far off, man. It's really not that far off. No, it's not. It We're... You know, originally when I first saw, I said fifty years, but I don't think so. We're we're looking at like ten. It's it's crazy, and honestly, like I I, I don't like the people that are constantly like, oh well, I want to be able to drive my car. And it's like you're not gonna lose the ability to drive your car. It's just like what what matters more your happiness of being able to drive on the free road or everyone else's safety. I think it's the same thing that classic car enthusiasts deal with today. You know, they're like, Oh, I hate this ABS or I hate, I hate all these cars are automatic and no one knows how to drive manual anymore. Like, well, yeah, because we don't have to. Yeah. That's, I mean, I know how to drive manual, but we don't have to. It's, we are completely content driving and a regular car that is either automatic or even my car that's Tiptronic, and I can feel like I'm driving a manual car, but I'm really not. But if you want to drive a manual car, they're not outlawing manual cars. You'll still be able to drive the car. You can still buy diesel cars. They haven't outlawed diesel. It's still a viable resource. You know, that's not the issue right here. <laughs> So yes, you can still drive. You're well, fine. See, personally, I hope the eventual goal is to outlaw sell like uh, human-driven cars on public roads. I hope that that is the long-term eventual goal. Is I don't want a human driver. I want a extremely smart, unblinking, unwavering, never gets tired AI. And I want the ability of the human to take over if there's like, you know, something wrong with the AI or something. But I very much think that the AI is going to be able to handle this a lot better than a human ever will. I mean, maybe not now, but given a couple years, especially with the how fast this technology is growing, I really hope that the public roads do not allow human-driven cars it's going to be only for self-driving cars. Well, we'll make a mark. 19th of December, 2017. You hope that eventually in the future, cars will be completely self-driven. So level five. I hope that cars or, uh, you know, cars that are allowed to be, driven by humans are not completely outlawed so we'll come back 50 years from now (laughs) and see 
And we'll we'll see how it turned out. On the so, thousandth episode of this podcast? Exactly. We'll have a big party. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for listening. As always, I thoroughly enjoy talking with you, Quentin. How can people follow you? Best place would be Xbox uh, with my gamertag, Firewall. Awesome. And for me, that would be Hannity's on Xbox, Lazy Tech, TV, uh, Lazy Tech Tony on Twitter, uh, and YouTube is Lazy Tech TV for all your tech reviews and Lazy Tony Vapes for all your vape reviews. So we will talk to you guys in the next one. Bye, guys. Later.